A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens Stave 3 The Second of the Spirits Part 2 He said that Christmas was a humbug as I live. He believed it too. More shame for him, Fred. He's a comical old fellow, that's the truth. And not so pleasant as he might be. However, his offences carry their own punishment. And I have nothing to say against him. I'm sure he's very rich, Fred. At least you always tell me so. What of that, my dear? His wealth is of no use to him. He don't do any good with it. He don't make himself comfortable with it. He hasn't the satisfaction of thinking (laughs) that he's ever going to benefit us with it. I have no patience with him. Oh, I have. I am sorry for him. I couldn't be angry with him if I tried. Who suffers by his ill whims? Himself, always. Here he takes it into his head to dislike us and he won't come and dine with us. What's the consequence? He don't lose much of a dinner. Indeed. I think he loses a very good dinner. Shall we play a game? Let us play... Yes and no. I will start. The brisk fire of questioning to which he exposed elicited from him that he was thinking of an animal, rather a disagreeable animal, a savage animal. An animal that growled and grunted sometimes, and talked sometimes, and lived in London, and walked about the street, and wasn't made a show of, and wasn't led by anyone, and didn't live in a menagerie, and was never killed in a market, and was not a horse, or an ass, or a cow, or a bull, or a tiger, or a dog, or a pig, or a cat, or a bear. What is it? It's your Uncle Scrooge. Quite accurate, don't you think? Rather clever, I must say. (laughs) He has given us plenty of merriment, I'm sure, and it would be ungrateful not to drink his health. Here is a glass of mulled wine ready to our hand at the moment, and I say, Uncle Scrooge, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man, wherever he is. He wouldn't take it from me, but may he have it nonetheless, Uncle Scrooge. As the night grew to its end, Scrooge quite forgot himself to the point where he felt he must thank his nephew and their guests for an entertaining evening. Scrooge turned to the ghost only to notice he was now greying and seemed a great deal older than he had only a few hours before. Are spirits' lives so short? My life upon this globe is very brief. It ends tonight. Tonight at midnight. Hark, the time is drawing near. Forgive me if I'm not justified in what I ask, but I see something strange, and not belonging to yourself, protruding from your skirts. Is it a foot or a claw? It might be a claw, for the flesh there is upon it. Look here. Oh, man! Look here! Look! Look down here! There were a boy and a girl, yellow, meagre, ragged, scowling, wolfish and prostate. They were deathly in their humanity. 
Are they yours? They are man's, and they cling to me, appealing from their fathers. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware them both, and all of their degree. But most of all, beware this boy, for on his brow I see that written which is doom, unless the writing be erased. Have they no refuge or resource? <laughs> Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Once again you shame me with my own words, spirit, 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 spirit. A Christmas Carol, adapted, directed, and produced by Paul A.T. Wilson. Fred, Philip Barker, Fred's wife, Laura Holm, Ghost of Christmas Present, Andrew Butcher, Scrooge, Oliver Fry, Narrator, Paul A.T. Wilson, Music, David Pudney, Sound Design, Paul A.T. Wilson, Copyright 2021. This production is published under the International Creative Commons Attribution License Version 4.